We all deal with the Sunday scaries, right? Sunday scaries are those, oh shit, stressful, nervous, can't sleep, dread feelings that hit you on Sunday evenings when you think about work or just freaking life. Unfortunately, you can feel that same pit in your stomach any day of the week. Thankfully, Sunday Scaries CBD gummies were made to defeat the crap that life throws at us. These are the perfect CBD gummies for professionals on the grind, super moms, students, party animals, and everyone in between. Look, I get really nervous before these interviews that we do, so I take two CBD gummies every Sunday before these interviews, and the Sunday Scaries are gone. I have no problem with these interviews. So we've partnered with Sunday Scaries to bring you an incredible offer. Head over to sundayscaries.com and use promo code DELUXE15 at checkout to get 15% off of your entire order. That's sundayscaries.com and use promo code DELUXE15 at checkout to save 15% off of your entire order. This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, Head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Welcome to another episode of Deluxe Edition. I am your host, Casey Shearer, and joining me, as always, he's the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. He is L. Ray Sexton. What is going on, Casey? Not too much, buddy. Another great episode today with the legendary Bose Venson. We are going to get right into it after this quick house cleaning. We are a part of the Deluxe Edition Network. You can find all the other great shows over at DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. The podcasts of the month this month are Barrel-Aged Flicks and Hilf. History, I'd like to fuck with Don Brody. Go check them out. And let's see, if you'd like to support our show, come on over to Patreon.com slash Pod. And you will find things such as if you're a Patreon, you get all the unedited shit. You get it immediately after we fucking record it. It goes directly to you unedited. So you want to find out what we talk about behind the scenes? You'll find out. But you got to pay us for that because we can get in a lot of trouble for what we say. All right. And if you'd like to find all of our previous shows, head over to deluxeedition.show. And if you're just here to watch the Bose Venson interview, I highly recommend going back and checking out some of our previous shows. Uh, we've had some incredible guests over the last hundred episodes. All right. And Ray, where can people find you, bud? I don't care what you do. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to T Public. Okay. 
And on there, I have bootleg deluxe edition white female tank tops. And I want you to buy these for the prettiest ladies you know and take a picture and send it to us so we can post it because nothing promotes us better than a pretty lady in a tank top with our logo on it. So please go buy it. Tpublic.com. Search for the 10 cent beer night podcast. All right, Ray, let's get into it. Let's do it. Now, what's Willie Nelson doing here? (laughs) (laughs) A younger. Yes, sir. And less craggy faced. Ah. (laughs) Yes, sir. How you been, Bo? I've been. uh, Thank you for asking. You know, at my age, I'm 102. um, (laughs) Then uh, every day above ground is a blessed event. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes, you look great, man. I'm so vital, and I'm writing a new movie. I'm so stoked about this uh, uh, new movie. And you saw the link to Bare Knuckles uh, fighting Chelsea. Okay. Uh, This new movie, man, it's so trippy. I'm thrilled. I am. uh, Yeah. It is, in a way, it's kind of a horror picture. Come to think of it, it's a story about a Native American, an indigenous uh, kid, early 20s, been told by the reservation or uh, a doctor that he's dying from an illness. But he has for years been haunted by subconscious archetypal imagery. His ancestors, bad experiences when they were slaughtered and, and what have you. So that's I'm very happy about that uh, uh, that movie. That's gonna be I'm very I'm thrilled. Anyhow, so sorry I digressed. <laughs> well, that leads us into you mentioned horror movies. That's what uh, that's what we're here to talk about. The horror movies of Bo Svensson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, and and you know, uh, not until recently when I uh, I uh, was reminded of uh, oxytocin. Um, and 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 then I remembered. Oh yes, of course. Um, so many people when they watch horror films, they feel all sexy. It is. Uh, it, it's amazing that a horror film will cause people to bond better, uh, become more passionate about it. it 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 uh, brings out uh, fabulous emotions. <laughs> you like doing horror pictures? Um, you know what? Uh, I I never really, to be to, uh, honest, and I'm always always honest. I never understood the fascination. I never got it. Well, the the fascination is everyone has that fear of dying. That's the fascination with horror movies. Ah. It's yes, yeah. It's beyond that. It's actually we all know that this journey has an end, and the end is death. But archetypally, we are haunted by our forefathers gazillion years ago, who were oftentimes eaten by wild animals. That is the fear. 
and the fear of the unknown more so than death itself. Because you have to be a real dumbass to not understand and accept the fact, hey man, our life has an ironic end. Um, So we know that. But it's how we die. Uh, When we die. So you're oh. saying like ah you're saying it's like everyone wishes that they could die in bed surrounded by their loved ones, but the fear is that you're gonna hit by a bus or murdered by a psychopath in the street somewhere. Or ah. some unknown creature that yeah. we can't see, we but yeah. we feel it. Oh, and, and it's somewhere here. It it that yeah, okay, so I get cool. it. Yeah. That is so cool, yeah. and that better horror films that's what they have they personalize the experience so that it is you the viewer it you fear what is implied on the screen now that's the trick do i have in my life something like that oh crap <laughs> see so the, the true power, true um, uh, 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 horror films f- capture the possibility. That it's again, it's the magic if. What if in my life, in my na- in, in in my home, Jesus, there's something weird here. And we get that inspiration from better horror films. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, because I've always seen it as like a, a societal thing. Like uh, in the 50s, it was the whole atomic age. You had the giant monsters. Then in the, uh, like you have the 80s, you have the slasher films. Like each generation had their own little thing that was like terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, right. And some were dumber than others. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Steve McQueen stuff, the, the blob. Oh, dude, I, mean, I love the blob. Come yeah, on. Yeah, of course you did, because you're kinky, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the blob, I mean, and, and there was some, uh, uh, the Martians, uh, blah, yeah. blah, blah, and then and they they were doing, they, they took uh, uh, tea saucers and, and Mm-hmm. Made them into space things, you know. All right, but that was cool, man. That was uh, that was what it was. I do feel that uh, Cameron did a great job uh, with the uh, uh, Schwartzy fight uh, movies. Uh, uh, Cameron, what, what an outstanding director! I would, I wonder what Quentin, how he would fare doing a true horror film. Because they're Tarantino, man. I mean, he's uh, gee whiz. I've, I've worked mm-hmm. with him now a couple of times, and I mean, here's the guy who's creative. Here's the guy who takes the leap, and 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 it does it successfully. Um, but you know, go back to the films that I did. What was it a, one picture was called Deep Space. Woo, Freddie Olin Ray. He wrote it. <laughs> produced it, directed it. That was a trippy film, man, because uh, his crew, they were all weird, man. We, we should have been photographing them because they were, oh, yeah, talk about uh, 
uh, zombies and what have you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I did something else in, in, in Yugoslavia. I, I believe I directed some of that too. Um, uh, I forget what it was called. Behind the door, beyond the door. Oh, whatever. Um, yeah, man. So we've done some business. Oh, but the one, the biggie was uh, virus. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the one you did in Antarctica. Yes. We yeah. were in Antarctica. We were in East Germany. We were, oh, I damn near died uh, in Washington, uh, in the Potomac River. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there was some weird stuff in that. And, oh, they. Uh, <laughs> well, you can't just tell us that you almost died in the Potomac yeah. River and then not tell us that story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess, okay. Well, I don't want to bore you. Um, you are, you're not going to bore us? Come on. I don't know. You know, so, oh, yeah. So um, so there's a sequence in this movie where um, we have to put on uh, 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 dive gear, you know, tanks and, and the whole bit. And and my uh, Japanese uh, uh, co-star, uh, uh, Kusahari, uh, nice-looking guy, um, and, uh, oh, he was half American, uh, so he was kind of ostracized by the Japanese because he was half American, but he was a nice-looking guy, so they hired him for the movie. But, I mean, I never understood that why Japanese people would ostracize someone who is half Japanese and whatever. But so here we are, Potomac River. So we have our uh, uh, dive gear on, tanks and all of that. So I thought, wait a second now, because I have, uh, you know, I form a Marine. I mean, I've, I've, I've done a sufficient amount of uh, diving. Uh, so I, and then I thought, oops, I better ask it. Does he, Kusara, does he know uh, how? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. No lie. Very good. Okay. So. The, th- the thing was, so we go into the water, cameras, of course. Okay, so the dude, uh, Kusari, he goes first, and then I go, and and I go underwater, and the deal was to stay underwater a minute or two or three or whatever, right? Okay, so I I found the ladder, and I get back on the ladder, and I come back up, and I'm, he, the dude is not there. <laughs> and then I say, panic! So the we got 200 <laughs> Japanese crew members here. Oh, hey, don't click him, Oscar. Where did he go? Where did he go? You asking me? <laughs> so I go down. So then I and and I'm oh the Potomac. You know you can't even see the hand in front of you. So then I don't know what came over me. And I thought, oh shit. So wait, wait, you were the search and rescue team. There was no, there were no divers. There were no stunt guys. There was nothing. Why not? Because they all, they, 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 they all figured. Oh, Bo knows what he's doing. Uh, Bo's son, he knows. Uh, and Kusara, oh, he knows. He's because he's half Japanese. Oh, he knows. He knows. He's very good diver. Very good diver. Okay. Well, okay. Bingo. So. I come back up. The dude is not there. Okay, I go back down. Then I thought, 
what, uh, and there was a, um, a current. So I thought, Jesus, what could have happened here if he panicked? So I let go, and I just drifted. And there was a destroyer part some distance away. I don't know exactly how far. But anyhow, so I let the current take me because I had tanks on. So I, I wasn't concerned about running out of uh, air, you know. So I, oh, fuck. So I end up in the prop cage of this destroyer. And then I, someone clawed, wouldn't you know it? The dude was in the prop cage. I mean, what are the chances? You're in the Potomac. There is a 12, 14 knot, whatever, current, right? And the dude, he had let go. He had panicked. Bingo. So the current took him to this prop cage, and then I would end up in the same prop. <laughs> but that's when the drama, re- this is where the horror film began. <laughs> this fucker was fighting me. <laughs> he, so. Uh, he was panicking. Uh, well, that didn't make me feel very good. Reach him and think, oh man, I'm gonna oh no. So anyhow, so I turned him around, I got my arm around him, and and I I started to remove his mouthpiece. Uh, no, no, oh, okay. But now I'm swimming against the current, ah, oh, with the dudes on my chest. Somehow I ended up back on this, this was like a, a floating a dock. And, of course, I'm here to tell this dumb story. <laughs> uh, oh, and, but here's the trippy part. The, the producer who referred to himself as we, we are the producer. And I, at first I was all right, twin. Uh, anyhow, so he gave me, he gave, and this was so long ago that it, it's okay if I say it now. He gave me $180,000 for having saved the dude. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, I mean, not then on the spot, but then later on when we had the world premiere in, in mm. Tokyo and all of that, then I got a very nice uh, present. So then I thought, okay, <laughs> around the dude, man, can I can I put him in a fix somehow, and we can <laughs> do it again, Sam? Gonna say, it. so yeah. Now on every movie Bo works on, he tries to throw someone in a lake so he can save their life. <laughs> yeah, um, right. No, the, the, yeah. What a is, journey! What a journey! Is that the same? You told us a uh, Chuck Connor story. Is that the same yeah! movie? Yes, that's the one. Chuck, the son of a bitch, he's safe playing golf in Fort Lauderdale. Hears on the radio, Chuck Connors is on a ship that is sinking at the South Pole. (laughs) Chuck got back in his golf cart, drove the golf, he told me this later, drove the golf cart on surface streets to his hotel he went in the back way, hid in his room for three days. Uh, 
milking this. Oh, poor Chuck Connors. He was such a nice man. Oh, oh, imagine be on a sinking ship at the South. No, no, he wasn't. I was. <laughs> you worked with Chuck a few times. Also, you worked with him on uh, Maniac Killer. Oh, you know what? That's one of those movies where I never saw him. He wasn't there. Oh, okay. Uh, no, we filmed that in Paris. But I, I, to my knowledge, he wasn't there. Uh, right. Yeah. But, oh, then when I did uh, the Walking Tall series, uh, he, he, he was on it, too. And uh, Chuck was a great guy, man. He, he had a wonderful sense of humor. Um, uh, right. He always wanted, I don't know why, but he always wanted to see how I was built. And I said, no, 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 Chuck. <laughs> That's not for you, young man. Uh, yeah, but he says, "Oh, but you know, I uh, because Chuck had had he had a colorful history. He had uh, he done some odd films before he became, uh, you know, because uh, he was played baseball. Um, I think it was from Canada originally, and then ended up Brooklyn or whatever. And um, mo- a lot of people who end up in Brooklyn, they kind of get a little weird." Uh, so Chuck, yeah, he was very interested in what I had going uh, under the belt. Chuck, I didn't realize you can. Um, well, that 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 was a famous story that he was that he was gay behind the scenes, right? Like it was it was not known that he was homosexual, right? I don't know that he was. He was interested in what I had. But <laughs> that I mean, uh, 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 he never asked to fondle it. Well, kind of. <laughs> yeah, there was an there actually in the lobby of the new Otani Hotel uh, in Tokyo. Well, that was a different story. Um, right. um, yeah, yeah. Now we're talking horror movies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, but see, yeah, Chuck, and and you know, while we were at the South Pole, you know, Chuck every day said, "Oh, he said, you know, Bob." This thing is gonna go down, and, and I know it's gonna go down, Bo. I, I know it's gonna go down, Bo. I don't want to be here. I want to get off this damn thing. Let me get off this thing. Oh, you're the producer. Get me off this thing. And they got him off the thing, man. And then two days later, the the damn thing sank. Amazing. Or Amazing. Whatever. Well, I, I know a lot of people are familiar. They know you from the Buford Pusser stuff, from the Walking Tall stuff. Yeah. But I actually first became aware of you through a horror movie. It was Butcher Baker Butcher Nightmare Baker, Maker. Nightmare. You know, a lot of gay people like that because the character <laughs> I portrayed uh, in, in that film was uh, homophobic. Yes. I yes. have never been. Um, uh, 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 to the contrary, I I find uh, uh, gay people, whatever shape or whatever they, uh, yeah. man, they they are fantastic contributors to society. Imagine if we didn't have them, we'd be in fucking Iran. I mean, <laughs> uh, anyhow, yeah. Do you have any? Uh, so you you have great stories about people that you work with. Uh, what was the Susan Tyrell like working with? She Ooh. was. Susan Tyrell, she was the the, the lead oh, in that. She was trippy, man. 
wonderful actress, fabulous actress, and uh, such a good actress that she really didn't like me. Uh, because, <laughs> I mean, she played the do uh, the the kid's uh, mother, I think. His uh, aunt. Uh, what? What? It was his aunt, I think, in the movie. I, I didn't read the screenplay, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why she didn't well, like you. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, but I mean, really, that that was another thing that back in my youth, uh, I oftentimes didn't bother to read the screenplay. So I would read, look at, was sitting in makeup, and tomorrow I say, "Okay, what are we doing today? Uh, are we doing this? Why? Why? This makes no sense." Excuse me, Mr. Director. This makes no sense. Um, anyhow, but that was my youth. Today, I'm totally, I am, I'm reformed. So, what's your process like now? Like before, would you just like back in in your youth? You say, would you just wing wing it? Yes. Well, you did a, a hell of a job, man, for winging it. Well, but but uh, and, and see, that's the thing about acting. The better actors whether it's a Jack Nicholson or whomever, right? Better actors have the courage to be themselves within the given circumstances. Meaning, if your character is a badass, okay, if you're a badass and if you're homophobic, now how are you going to react when you're meeting this young man you suspect is gay? You're going to take his head off. Hmm. So, therefore, I would sit in, in makeup and, and I would look at it. Uh-huh, okay, I see. Okay, I get it. Okay. But, you know, I was such a bad boy. I remember that a movie or two where I had so many words. Oh, God, the words. Oh, they just went on and on and on and I would cut out the center of. I, I, I did that. I know. I I know. I shouldn't have, but I did. So I would cut out, throw away the white on the sides of the end, and I taped it on the other actor's forehead. <laughs> I did. So when the camera's over his shoulder, you know, I'm looking at him. Um, well, I'm looking at the script. Uh, <laughs> he can't see me, but he can talk. That's all I needed. You know, just pretend to be alive there, young man. And, uh, like, oh, God, yeah. Well, that's a, a behind-the-scenes thing that, you know, I didn't know that until I I was actually on a movie set that, you know, especially back when you were doing a lot of this stuff, there was one camera, right? So you were filming this way. Yeah. You you had to do all your or they had to do all their dialogue. Then they had to move everything around switch, yeah. and switch it all back around. So you yeah. could do that, or yeah. you could you probably could have had somebody hold something for you. Well, oh, yeah, uh, uh, that that has also happened. Uh, big uh, flashcards. But that everybody see that. That's sort of humiliating, you know. But uh, but when you put the, the 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 page on the actor's forehead, well, it's not so noticeable or out there. You know what I mean? 
Did, 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 that, did that guy look at you and be like, uh, you got to be fucking kidding me. You're taping this to my face? Really? Yeah, well, I would be nice, you know, of course, because I've always been nice. And then I would, yeah, I would, I would just say, hey, listen, uh, there's a lot of words here. Uh, and, and some of them don't make sense. So when I try to remember them, I just. So do you mind if we just, you have it here? <laughs> Thank you. You're the best, man. You're, you're great. Always. Maybe that's why you didn't ask Susan. You didn't ask Susan to do that, did you? Maybe that's why oh, she didn't no, like she, you. Oh no, no, no! I believe for her stuff, I pretty well knew what I had to say. Um, yeah, yeah. If anyone hasn't seen that, it's on uh, Shutter. I actually saw it. There's a show called The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs, and uh, he 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 talked about it. He talks about the movies and all that stuff, and that's where when I first became uh, known of you and started deep diving into your career you just reminded me they owe me money (laughs) butcher baker nightmare maker also called night warning yep i have a deferred salary of fifty thousand dollars i have brought it to screen actors guilds (laughs) attention many times but they're not interested in pursuing it sometimes you Sometimes you just got get on a plane and go take care of shit yourself. Well, but you know, the, 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 one of the producers was Stephen Bremer. He's a, uh, he's a, also a, a lawyer. Mm. Um, and right. Now that you mention it, but I have so many people who owe me money that, uh, that it it's better for me to forget about it and just move on, you know? That would be, dude, that'd be a great documentary. You just going around confronting people who owe you money. Oh my yeah. God. That would be a oh, great yeah. documentary. And then, and then uh, the, the, the same crew can come and visit me in prison. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to talk about, uh, cause I went down a deep dive on this, uh, on the guy who directed this movie, Snow Beast. Oh yeah, I love snow beast. So were you? Was that no. you? Uh, is that you skiing? You do all yeah. your. I mean, oh, you yeah. did all your own stunts most yes, of the sir. time, and yes, in a lot of the movies, that's, incredible. That's me skiing, and that blue and yellow uh, ski suit was mine. I had <laughs> nice. sewn for me, built for me. I had one in <laughs> blue and yellow, and one in red and blue. Yes. That was back in the day. Oh, uh, yeah, right. So, wait a second. What was the was it? What was it? Was it Clint Walker, the director? No, no. The, the, oh, the, yeah. The the other guy. Yeah, Clint Walker. A Clint Walker. I can tell you a story about him when he tell was us. skiing and had a ski pole. Uh, uh, he fell on his ski pole. The ski pole went through his solar plexus into his heart. Holy shit. Oh, you never heard that story? No. Oh, was it Herb Wallerstein who directed? You sure was. I loved Herb. Well, that's because that's what I want to get into. I want to talk about Herb. Yeah. But what happened with the the stabbing? Clinton. Okay. So so we're doing a movie and and, uh, uh, and, um, Clint, he, he, he talked. 
all bow. I'm on the telga. I, uh, I'm like Canada. I'm very soft-spoken. <laughs> so, oh, Clint, he was from Chicago originally, and he was a longshoreman. And he told me he used to work on ships where, uh, where, where them, uh, around them ice flows and stuff. And they were, yeah, bow. Uh, it wasn't for me. Anyhow, all right. So, so we're, we're making that movie, and, said, and he said, uh, I, "So I said, do you ski?" Oh, oh yes. And told me he skied all right. And they said, um, "You know, uh, I once died while skiing." Really? Tell me about that, Clint. Uh, he said, "Well, so he had been skiing in Mammoth, and." hit a mogul or hit a tree or hit a parked car, whatever. And so the the ski pole ended up upside down, pierced his heart. And he told me that when the ski patrol arrived with, with a sled, um, he saw him, he, he said, I saw myself leaving myself and I was up in the air and I saw everything from above hmm. and then I didn't see anything. And then he, then, so then he told me, then he filled me in what happened. So they had taken him on this uh, 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 sled or gurney, whatever, to Mammoth Hospital and where the doctor on duty was an intern, he looked at Clint and took his vitals, declared him dead, put him into a closet. And Clint told me he knew nothing about this. So then Clint told me he woke up by the most excruciating pain. And then he told me what had happened was, so this intern who was the duty physician had his uh, senior or whatever uh, doctor uh, arrive and said, uh, so uh, anything going on? Well, yeah, the, this actor, Clint Eastwood, uh, yeah, he had a pole pierced his heart and uh, he's dead, man. He's uh, in, in, in the closet. Really? So the, the senior physician went into the closet and he looked at Clint and he said, well, you know, how did, oh, skeeple, skeeple, really? So they wheeled Clint out of the closet and he took clippers, sternum clippers, put, put them into the hole in, uh, and clipped open Clint's Jesus. sternum and when he broke the sternum apart, you know, then you break all the ribs on the sides here. Clint woke up. Oh my God. Screamed. Oh. We can't blame, can we blame him? No. We can't. So anyhow. Oh God. So, yeah, and Clint showed me his, I mean, I'm glad Chuck Connors <laughs> wasn't there because Chuck would have wanted to see more. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, yeah. So that was Clint Walker. Yeah. So that was Holy Clint shit. Walker uh, told me. Um, anyhow, moving. And he on. still went skiing after that. I mean, this was bef that was before the movie. Oh yeah, 
Holy shit. But skiing's not the thing that ripped his chest apart. So I guarantee he went skiing, but he never went back to a fucking doctor again. I don't think he went back to that doctor for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so Snow Beast Beast is a great movie, man. I love it. Because they don't show the monster, you know, until the very end. It's it's like a, you're always guessing as to what wait, it is, wait, you know? Wait, wait, hold on a second here. Hold on, it's coming back to me. Was the producer's name Kramer? Was Sylvia Sidney in the movie? Oh, Jesus, I'll, I'll have to Google that. You're the, one, you're the one that was in the movie. You should tell us. I, I, yeah, but, you know, oftentimes, I didn't pay much attention. Um, <laughs> Yvette Mimo. Yvette Mimu what was in it. Yeah, she, and well, Sylvia Sidney. Do you know, Sylvia Sidney, was, she was iconic, man. I think she picked, got an Academy Award or whatever. Um but, oh, I remember when we arrived in uh, Crested Butte, Colorado. It was at gazillion feet up in the air. I mean, I could barely breathe. Oh, it was terrible. And when we arrived, no one liked the screenplay. So we had a meeting headed by Sylvia Sidney and what was the Kramer guy's name? Uh, Terrific uh, producer. um, Douglas Kramer. What? Doug, Doug, Doug Kramer and Herb Wallerstein and and Sylvia Sidney held court uh, because she could, because she knew they couldn't fire her because they couldn't find, they wouldn't find anybody else to replace her. Uh, so this, we had a cast bitch session that lasted till four or five in the morning. That was, and but what came out of that session was Herb Wallerstein and Doug Kramer were staunch supporters of never showing the creature. So what you like about the picture, man, that's uh, thanks to Doug Kramer and and Herb Wallerstein. Absolutely. So you mentioned Herb a few times. You you said that you really liked Herb. I liked um, him a lot, man. I believe I've worked with him several times. Uh, so I went down the rabbit hole of him. I, I often tend to click on people's names when I see them uh, listed and – his story is pretty crazy about, you know, he got, he was murdered. Did you know that? Yeah. Hmm. He, so on the night oh, of in his home, was it? Yeah. In- yeah. In his home. So if, if people aren't familiar with Herb, he was a director on a lot of television series uh, like Star Trek. He was a producer on I Dream of Genie and several other television movies in the 70s. He oversaw the production of films as such as Alien, Nine to Five, and The Verdict. And on the evening of September twenty seventh, nineteen eighty five, uh, after he returned home from the supermarket, his family housekeeper and him got into a scuffle, and 
he was killed and then she drove his body two blocks away and set it on fire and it was he was not discovered until two days later so she was annoyed with him yeah but wow. but then if you look if you look further down the story she was never uh she was never charged she was completely le- this is a lesson to everyone. If you're going to hire a housekeeper, make sure she's a lot fucking smaller than you. <laughs> well, uh, and, and okay. Well, Herb Wallerstein, see, when I started Motion Picture Group of America, Herb Wallerstein was on my board of directors. He was a great guy, wonderful director, and kind of elegant in a New Yorkish kind of a way. Oh, really? But I, where was it? You said this happened in 85? 1985, yeah. It's pretty great. I mean, that's a crazy story because she never did any time for it. And it's, it's clearly stated that, you know, she killed him. She said it, she drove his body two blocks away in his car, set it on fire, hmm. and never did any time for it. Had he tried to noodle her or something? Or what, what, what? It says that they got. It says that they got into a scuffle, and that earlier in the day, she claims that he threw ice cream in her face and gave her a black eye. Hmm. Wow. But I mean, for to to murder, you know, even if that's the case, to murder someone, drive his body two blocks away, and set it on fire, and not do any time for it, like. Well, I mean, and you're saying he was a great guy, so he did throw ice cream at her. That'll do it. That's enough for me. But that makes me feel really bad because I liked Herb. Uh, uh, you know, come to think of it, there, there there are not that many people I've worked with that I didn't really like. Mm. Uh, I I may not have liked myself. At the time, but uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say is um, there are a lot of good people who have one bad day, and this might have been his one bad fucking day. Could have been. Could have been. Right. Yeah. Still doesn't deserve to die. No, he doesn't. But I'm just saying, you know, everybody has that one bad day. You shouldn't be remembered for the one bad fucking day you have. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. I don't think that. I mean, like, I had never heard of this guy before, so I think maybe this is a story that should be told, you know? Well, you know, um, it's, I like the guy a lot, and I, now, when you now mention that he got murdered, blah, 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 (laughs) it doesn't, why, where was I when this happened? 85, you said? Yeah. Yeah, you were making movies, man. Oh, you know what? You were busy. I was I was doing a lot of stuff in Japan. I, I'm yeah. a, I mean in uh, Italy. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's right, right. Wow, yeah, that's the, uh, okay. Well, should I? So, so we talked about that. We, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning, and now we're talking about it here. Death. You know, it's something that. Like you said, you know, unless you're an idiot, you know, it's something that we all know that is coming. I love horror movies. Like it's it there it's one of my favorite genres of movie movies. And you know, I am terrified of death. You know, it's it's crazy to 
like you, you know you guys were talking about it more at the beginning why do you think that is you know like why do you think well, you know i don't know really are we fearful of death because most of us we're smart enough to know that when we die we stop functioning so there really what is there to be afraid of then the the hereafter or are we afraid of the process of dying and 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 uh, so yeah it'd be great man we die in our sleep cool i'm all for that um but if when that is not a choice yeah it, it the end of this journey yeah it it weighs on us and we can play with that you can imagine this imagine that but it is when the end of the journey is from the out there oh how do you deal with that but see that is archetypal imagery so whether we 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 are a proponent for for jung or or freud i mean that's really what Caught, uh, broke those two guys up. Um, one did not believe in a collective subconscious, the other did, and one did not believe in archetypal imagery, the other did. And But I feel, I, I am absolutely convinced that we have within us archetypal remembrances from our ancestors, family members, Going back, look, our DNA, RNA, in it, we have traits such as blonde hair, blue eyes, height, propensity for weight gain or whatever, right? Why? Why then? And we have something called instinct. Instinct tells us, oh, I'm not, I shouldn't go in there. Or it's, I better be very careful when I deal with this guy. Instinct. Where the hell does that come from? Learned knowledge from others who were here before us, to whom we are related. So now we're talking DNA. Now we're talking talking the double helix. Whoa. But that's fantastic. Yeah. If in yeah. fact, if in fact, that is a fact that we are today a product of our past, meaning relatives, relatives. Well, when, if if and and today we we, we can find in our chromosomes etc. That oh we know that oh we're related to uh monkey in the African desert. Okay. And how long ago was that? Yet we have traits in us of that monkey. Now, what's to say that we don't also have within us, albeit not readily available, the experiences of those who came before us. So if that is so, clearly, those who came before us, many of them 
were eaten by the cats of the time, whether they are monolithic or saber-tooth or whatever, right? So again, this reinforces. So that is there. It's within me. I can't verbalize it, but there's something there in my past. So when some fabulous filmmaker puts some imagery up on the screen, Omar, and that triggers within me the subconscious, the collective subconscious. Weird, man. Hmm. Weird. So that's, I do feel, that is the magic with horror films and the, that we can, in fact, connect with something that goes back millions of years. Or how long? That's, hundred, uh, well, yeah, millions. Or we were just talking about this with uh, a guest two weeks ago. His movie will be out by the time this is released. It's called Hypnotica. Uh, he was a doctor. He went to medical school and then started becoming a filmmaker. And this is his first uh, feature film. It's called Hypnotica. Uh, basically, the guy is possessed by a demon. And he's able to, like, through family lineage. What was that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, but please describe the demon. What I is don't, the, the demon, they, they don't really give it a name. They don't give the demon a name. But, but is it a two-dimensional creature, three-dimensional? Uh, it basically possesses the person because it's through the family lineage. So the person can remember things, and they don't understand why they can remember it. But it's because the demon's inside their head, and the demon is actually bringing all these memories back from previous generations. Right, now this is very cool. The demon could be a fixture of the individual's imagination because the individual might be a little off center and have mm-hmm. a need for just right. that kind of an yep. outfit. That's exactly what it is. Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah, a really that, great movie. That's what makes the movie so cool. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, highly recommended. Hypnotica. Uh, great horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Bo, you were not just in those horror movies that we mentioned. Uh, you were also in another one that I just watched, a more recent one called Angry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, gee whiz. Okay, I got to tell you, man. Is this, right, oh. is this another one where you didn't read the script and went in? <laughs> Not only that, I arrived in Sweden. They had this Swedish director who had never directed. They had a camera guy. He was a great, great, great guy who was also financing the movie. His name was Magnus or Marcus. Magnus, Magnus, Hammer, H-A-M-M-A-R. Great guy. I really love the dude, man, especially because uh, he was the one who paid me. Um, <laughs> oh, what a nightmare. So the, dude, the, the director was clueless. I think he had also written the thing. It was scary, man. So I talked to the 
to 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 the 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 the, the, the two sane people who were there because we were only four or five people. Um, so, so, uh, anyhow, Jesus, uh, <laughs> right? And then I said, I said, you know, I can't do this, people. Oh, I had to go and I had to go and do another movie. So I I had I had I said the only I got only. I'm here for five days, guys. We've got to get this thing done. So, oh, that's right. So I directed the five days <laughs> there. Yeah, I was going to ask you that when you said that, that this guy never directed a movie. Did you take over this thing? Oh, no, they fired him. <laughs> they fired him, man. Oh, that has happened to me before. Yeah, oh, I know, because you've told oh, us that before. <laughs> oh, I read that yeah. time I arrived in Belgrade and, and yeah. it was a, the guy, a guy standing with the suitcase in the lobby, and 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 I said, "Hey, hello, I'm on I'm on my way in with my suitcase." And he said, um, uh, "Hey, Bo, I'm so you're who? Oh, yeah, uh, you're you're the director. Uh, where, where are you going?" Oh, he said, "No, no, no, you're the director. I've been fired." <laughs> so I get up to my room, and the producer. Uh, 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 what the hell? What the hell was his name? Ovidio Asanitis. So he calls from Rome. Hola, Bob. Uh, everything okay? I said, well, wait a second. I just met so and so. Oh, don't worry. He's you. 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 You're better. <laughs> Anyhow, back to where were we? Did they up your pay? What? Did they up your pay? No. Of course not. <laughs> This is Italian. They were, I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, so I have a question about. Love motion picture. is uh, It's our life. is our love. <laughs> this doesn't have anything to do with horror movies or anything. It's just a behind oh, yeah, the scenes that, thing. That, that was a horror mo- movie in Movies yeah. Month. So back to this thing in, in, in Sweden. What oh, no, I had a question for you, though. Oh, well. <clears throat> So a lot of the movies that I've seen you in, I can tell that you're speaking English, but I can see that other people are speaking another language and that it's dubbed over in English. Yeah. So how does that work on set? Are the, do you not know what they're like? How does that work? I have no clue what they're saying. <laughs> I, I, I understand Italian. Uh, 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 because I did so then many of them, uh, you know, but, uh, <laughs> oh, but that's how Fellini did the same thing. Oh, but did I tell you about uh, my, my, my relationship with uh, Fellini? No. no. Oh, he was great, man. He was so great. Uh, but anyhow, so in his movies, uh, the, some of the actors in his movies would do the alphabet. They just do the alphabet. And then, uh, and then they they would lay in the sound later. That's crazy because oh. we're we're talking to next week. We're talking to uh, Doug Jones, who he was the creature in the Shape of Water, oh, okay. and he he actually learned Spanish for for the role in Pan's Labyrinth, and. Guillermo del Toro, the director, he told him that. He said, I don't care if you just say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, or ABC, you know. And he he was like, I can't do that. I have I can't give the Spanish actress 
you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's like, I, I need. So he learned Spanish. Welcome to movie biz. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, so many times in showbiz or movie biz, man, and, and even television, you do what you have to just to get the stuff on film because you got eighty guys, eighty men and women standing around and being being paid. There's no time for. Uh, for perfection, oftentimes. Let's just get it done. There's an expression that you both, I'm sure, familiar with. Fix it in post. Yep. We'll fix it in post-production. That's and, what we do here. Well, that, yeah. yeah, that applies to everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fix it in post. Get, <laughs> get, let's move on. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, you have so many great stories, man. I could talk to you forever well, and, because you're uh, a sick man yeah. <laughs> I, I know bo bo and i you know have become friends since the last episode and every time i'm on the phone with him you're such a weirdo man <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're weird all right <laughs> i love it man I so mean- th- this doesn't have anything to do with horror movies these are two questions that i had for you from our last episode that i did not get to ask you okay um do you have any Sorel book stories from uh, Special Delivery, working on Special Delivery? He, he was Boss Hogg in the Dukes of Hazard. Well, first off, uh, uh, Special Delivery was uh, Jeff Goldblum's first movie. Yep. Uh, that, he, that was his first thing. He played some biker. And he was very nice. Um, I haven't seen him since. I hope he is as nice today as he was then. He was really, really nice. Um, working with uh, uh, Sybil, that was very interesting um, because that was trippy, man, uh, because she was uh, uh, living with Peter Bogdanovich at the time. So, um, and, 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 and she's unique. Um, uh, so she would look at, the scene that was coming up and she would go and call Peter and ask Peter how she should do the scene. Um, and Alex March was our director, director. Uh, he was the director on the set. This would drive him nuts, man. Absolutely. <laughs> because she would say, Sybil would say, well, I hear what you're saying, Alex, but <laughs> Peter told me to do it this way and to say it this way. But Peter, can I talk? No, Peter doesn't take phone calls from strangers. (laughs) (laughs) But the real story about special delivery is, and I talked to Patrick Wayne, John Wayne's son, recently about this. So we did the film, and it was screened at the Cinerama Dome on Sunset Boulevard. And um, John Wayne, for some reason, liked me. So he had heard that they were screening a movie that I headlined. So he had gotten himself to the Cinerama. He was watching the movie. So as the movie started, uh, bingo. So he said, I, I recognize this. Oh, ho, ho, ho. 
Awesome. <laughs> picture is my picture. Uh-huh. And and so, anyhow, make long story short, he left the theater uh, some <laughs> minutes into the the showing. He stopped the picture from getting distributed because he had bought a screenplay. I don't know what the name of it was. He had stopped at his favorite water hole on 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 Sunset Boulevard, and and Patrick Wayne told me this. He was in sync with me. Absolutely, this is what happened. So Wayne had stopped at this bar, and he had a few drinks, and and he staggered to his car and drove down to Newport, where he lives. Or lived. Forgot the screenplay he had just bought a few hours earlier. Forgot the screenplay on the counter. The bartender, whose name was Don Gazaniga, look at the screenplay. He had customers reading the screen. Oh, this is pretty good. Oh. He tore off the title page. <laughs> put his name there, sold the screenplay to Bing Crosby Productions. We did the movie. The movie comes out. John Wayne's, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> St- stopped it from getting distributed. Holy shit. Yeah. He had that much power. Oh, fuck yeah, he did. He's John fucking he Wayne, for Christ's sake. <laughs> It, it was his screenplay. He had paid for it. It was his yeah. screenplay. I will tell you that is my favorite movie that you've done. I love Special Delivery. I is think, really? I think, I think that's better than than Walking Tall, in my opinion. Oh, I really? love that movie. Really, I never saw it. So, I what did you like you about should, it? Uh, I just love your character. I just think you're you're. It's like uh, I compare it to like uh, if Harrison Ford was in like a bank heist movie like that's that's what it feels like i remember the the i remember the um the 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 story and and of course i remember civil yes uh right and there were some other good actors oh oh yeah but i'll tell you like jeff goldblum but you have such a swagger in that movie it's so fucking fantastic (laughs) yeah maybe well i'm not gonna watch it but i mean you should watch it you know what would be cool yeah, you, you know, know what would be cool is if we set up a screening of special delivery with Bose yeah. Benson. I think we that should. Would be cool. uh, you know, guys, you, you know, honestly, I have, I kind of like what I did in North Dallas 40. Yeah. In, in, in a couple of, but I have never seen the film from beginning to end. Mm. Um, and there were a couple of other films where I kind of thought, oh, okay, all right, that was, that was okay. <laughs> uh, but I've, I've never liked watching myself <laughs> do anything. I, was, I never liked the way I looked, for one thing. Never did. Never did. That didn't mean that, that I had a complex or anything. I just wasn't that enamored with myself. Which is possibly why, and then I, I also I never really wanted to be in Hollywood. I just wanted to work, be appreciated for whatever I did, but uh, 
But the rest of this stuff, man, that that was never me. Premieres and all that shit, and having PR agents and 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 oh, and uh, meet people and say, oh, how are you? Love, love your last movie. You, you know. <laughs> do, you, um, do you think some of that's because if you watch it, you could go, you would say, I could have done this better. And even no. if you went back and then did it again, you just do the same thing over and over again. No. I never did the same thing twice, ever, ever, because each moment is unique. So uh, art is a word consisting of the first three letters of the word artificial. (laughs) The greater the art, the less noticeable the artificiality. So if you ever or one ever goes to copy what... Oh, I did. I'm going to do that same thing. I'm going to do it in the same <laughs> way. Or I'm, I'm going to watch me. I'm going to be better now. Well, it's funny you say that because there are certain actors in Hollywood that are, you know, very, very popular actors. And to me, they do the same thing every movie. It's the same character, the same expressions, the same everything. Yeah. yeah well, like, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I mean, uh, whatever floats your boat, so, so uh, sort of, you know. And yeah. um, I, 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 I was n- 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 never really good uh, at at doing what one what you're supposed to do, you know. Um, if if there's anything worthwhile about me, is that I'm authentic. I am. This is it, man. And and I oftentimes, when I look back at my life, I wish I w- had been a better person. <laughs> I wish I had years ago caught up with the person I was looking for in me, with me. You know, uh, I, I uh, uh, shitty childhood, whatever. It, well, it was. But I mean, whatever it was, you know, it wasn't uh, until the, in the past few years that I kind of feel that okay, I'm sort of okay, you know, and and I'm honest and and I'm a good person, never harm anyone. So I like that about me. Uh, but as far as watching myself in the movie and go, oh, that was good. No, 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 no. Never really, really. No, I I, I did my acting, um, which is being. Um, I did that, and I'm so grateful. You know, guys, I grew up in a tenement in Sweden. Single mom. my mother made my pants until I was 12, 13, 14 years old. She would buy a meter of material because that's all she could afford. A meter of material. Sew my pants. So, so when I, and so when I got to a certain height, one of the pants were too short and she didn't know because she was very busy. She, she was a, a big band orchestra leader, but you know that never paid because she was a lady. You know, and then she had 
12, 14, sometimes as many as 18 musicians in her orchestra. Um, but but she had to eke out, the, she had to pay all these fuckers, you know, they were all drunks. I met them so many times and she had to take it. So, so it, I guess I was neglected. Um, but anyhow, so it, someone pointed out to her, I don't know how, tall, how old I was, that, you know, his pants are too short. And well, they were, and 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 I, I didn't know better. I didn't know enough to be embarrassed by my clothes. <laughs> right, right. Well, you come a long way, buddy. You know, so and we we appreciate everything that you do, man. All of your yeah. movies, even though that you you might not uh, like watching them, we do. Yeah. We really do. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it, so I'm I'm glad that that. I, I have been. I see. That's what I. That, that's what drives me. I want to be of use to as many people as possible with what I have to offer. So that's my focus today. Oh, here's my wife. I think it might be dinner time. Yeah. What happened? You can start with the offering your services to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, this is Lisa. 50, 56 years we've been together. Hello. Oh, right. Where were we? We were talking about, oh, 56 years. So when she is, my wife is the finest human being I've ever met. And and those who have met her agree. Absolutely. She is amazing. So when people ask her, people who but have also met me. They go, oh, oh really? She's uh, uh, 56. Oh, really? So uh, to what do you attribute the longevity of the marriage? So she says, well, um, he's been away a lot. <laughs> and then she adds... And she has a very poor memory. <laughs> so she doesn't remember why she was absolutely livid with <laughs> anger from day to day, you know. <laughs> I, I suppose that, that would be uh, a good recipe for any relationship, right? Yeah, well, I think we, so. We don't want to get you in trouble here, so. Right, yeah. Thank well, you. Thank you so much, Bo, for taking the time, and we'll we'll do all the plugs and all that stuff uh, in the beginning of the show when we do our uh, our introduction for you. Oh, hey, man, I'm here to serve you guys. You're gonna do whatever you're gonna do, and whatever that is. Thank you, thank you very much for uh, uh, because you honor me by by <laughs> by having me. No, but it's true. You honor me by being interested enough in me to take up your time with me. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. We appreciate you, buddy. And I'm honored to call you a friend, man. So thank you. And and that you are. And I am going to rope your ass into as soon as I get, (laughs) when I get, uh, he returns the the, the movie, uh, whatever. I want you involved with my production so thank you both. thank you sir thank you all right much. we'll talk to you soon buddy good thank to see you bro bye-bye bye-bye bye for now